0: Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh my goodness. Five, four, three, two, one. Happy opening day, everyone. Welcome in to a first episode of the 2023 regular season of the Mastin All Access Podcast. Bobby Blanco, Amy Jennings coming at you live from our Mastin Web Studio on the Mastin Nationals Facebook page and YouTube channel. Of course, hopefully you're listening to us on your way to the ballpark on Thursday for opening day, getting your full preview in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Wherever you get podcasts, you, of course, can subscribe to the Mass and All Access podcast. Things are finally about to get rolling. Opening day is going to be here. The Clydesdales are going to be at Nationals Park. I can't wait.
1: I can't wait. If they're listening to any podcast of ours ever, this better be the one. This better be the one. You have to get pumped for opening day. I'm so excited. One more sleep, Bobby. And we wake up tomorrow and it's opening day. I can't wait.
0: Before we get to opening day, we'll do we're going to do a quick spring training recap. Look at the roster, um, how it's going to take shape of opening day. Bullpen, bench players, the rotation, how it's going to shape out, um, and then we'll get into our season predictions, courtesy of Mark Zuckerman's yearly uh, media predictions. Uh, but first, Amy, <laughs> you kind of snuck off to Europe for I a week. Did <laughs> uh, Brendan Mortensen filled in nicely for you last week on the podcast uh, while you were just. Having a grand yeah. old time in Paris and Madrid, I believe. Yes,
1: yes. Thank you, Brendan, for filling in. Um, I kind of, my brother went to see his girlfriend, and I kind of snuck along, uh, tagged along. I don't know if he liked that or not, but I went anyway. <laughs> um, and it was awesome. I had never been, to, have you been to Europe? Nope. I had never been uh, to. That's
0: not true. I went, I went to Ireland.
1: Okay. Never been to Europe before. Um, I don't speak, I minored in Spanish in college. So okay. I kind of, you did?
0: Yeah. Oh. Hey, look at those minor yeah. turps.
1: Um, so I could get along in Madrid, and Spain is beautiful. I went yeah. to Madrid and Valencia, beautiful. Dang, um, but Paris. Thankfully, they all speak English pretty much, yeah. or at least a little bit. But I don't speak any French, so that was a little bit of a struggle. But I tried. It was fun. You'd be crazy how many uh, Yankees hats you saw in really, yeah, a lot of Yankees hats because that you know that's yeah. your, you know common mainstream hat to wear. I guess but that's not really
0: a surprise. I'm just surprised that yes, you saw like Major League Baseball. But if there was going to be one, it's probably, like, Yankees and, like, the, Dodgers, La- the Lakers. Maybe. Dodgers. Oh, Lakers, too. Well, yeah. I mean, like, those oh, are, like, yeah, the yeah. most General. known, like, top four American sports brands probably yeah. have to be. So, so Cowboys. Oh, Cowboys, yeah. yeah. was um, the food?
1: Great. Yeah. food was really good. Uh, there's a lot of beef in, in um, Paris. Really? Like, every menu had a lot of, like, steak and beef on it, which kind of surprised me. Um, but the food in Spain was really, really good. So Did you get like, a paella? Yeah. I did. Yes. yes. It was I so love yeah, it's so good. It had I got like seafood paella, so it had like, I don't know, a bunch of different fish yeah. or creatures in yeah, it. Yeah, it's usually <laughs> it like great. it's
0: usually like a mix of like chicken, like chorizo, <laughs> shrimp, mm-hmm. uh, I think sometimes like scallop. Yes. Maybe lobster. Yeah. I don't know. But it yeah, was, yeah, it's usually a it's seafood. Yeah, and sangria mix. is yeah. so
1: good. In Spain. So that was a lot of fun. My last hurrah before opening day. Yeah. And now I'm ready. I'm back to baseball. I was kind of tuned out the last week, I won't lie, but That's we're okay. back to it.
0: <laughs> That's okay. I mean, not much happened. You missed yeah. a couple of spring training games and uh, team broke camp. They're back at Nationals Park. They won an exhibition over those mm-hmm. Yankees yesterday, 3 Um Trevor Williams and Mackenzie Gore getting their last reps in. Before sliding into the starting rotation for the regular season, everything went well. Surprisingly, pretty good crowd. A lot of Yankees fans, but pretty good crowd for a beautiful day. Mm -hmm. Um, So you didn't miss too much. And now we're back at it, getting ready for a full season of actual regular season baseball.
1: Yeah, here we go.
0: So we were excited when spring training started. We are excited when spring training game started. But now this is the actual day, opening day, 2023. Uh, Patrick Corbin. Max Freed, I believe, for the Braves um, at Nationals Park. A lot is going on down there at Nationals Park on Thursday. If you missed it, I did a couple little recap on Massinsports.com from their media tour. Paul Mancano produced a nice piece also on Massinsports.com showing all the new food, all the new bobbleheads for this season. So go check that out. Be fully prepared for opening day. Um, on Thursday. Of course, we're recording this podcast live on Wednesday, the day before opening day. We wanted to make sure we get in all of our season predictions uh, so they are locked in before the actual first pitch is thrown. So we are confirmed getting our predictions in. But we, we do want to do some housekeeping, kind of run through this roster real quick as it's taking its shape. It doesn't have to be officially announced until tomorrow. Sorry, Thursday morning. I know if you're listening to this after the fact, uh, not necessarily tomorrow. Um, but... It's we pretty much knew what it was. I mean, mm. it looks like we've got Michael Chavez as the final bullpen or sorry, a uh, bench spot. Um, Matt Adams was told he was not going to make the opening day roster. And yesterday confirmed that he will report to Rochester. So he's probably on his way to upstate New York right now to begin the season at triple a, which I think makes sense, right? I mean, if you read Mark Zuckerman's piece on mass at the beginning of spring training about Matt's story, uh, playing indie ball all of last year. Really kind of rejuvenated his love for the game. Um, and now he's back. He sent letters to all 30 major league clubs. Didn't hear back. Ran into Mike Rizzo at some kind of event or the offseason. Got a minor league deal. Had a pretty decent spring, but just wasn't going to make this roster at 34 years old. Now he's accepting a triple-A assignment. Going to try to hang around for a little bit. And, you know, maybe with some luck, He'll the Nationals will call him up in the first couple months.
1: Yeah, as far as position player battles in spring training, this was kind of the one that went on the longest or the last one to be decided. And I like that Matt Adams, you know, said he kind of surprised himself after not playing in Major League Baseball last year, played Indy ball the whole season, Um, his first spring training in a while with the team. Uh, He said he really surprised himself on how well he did and getting back into the swing of things. And he had a good spring. I mean, he had three twenty three with an eight fifty OPS. I mean, I really think he did as well as he could have for himself and and for to give him the best shot to make make the team It just comes down to his lack of versatility position player wise and Michael Chavis has that advantage over him um and I just think that's what it comes down to. But as far as what he did, I think he had the best spring and put himself in the best position to make this team.
0: Yeah, I, that's exactly what Brendan and I said last week on the podcast. You know, The lack of versatility really hurt him because you, guys, you have guys like Michael Chavez and Jeter Downs who got hurt, unfortunately, but was optioned down to AAA mm-hmm. to start the season with the Red Wings. Um, but, yeah, Matt Adams plays first base or DH. He's a power bat. Now, the one thing he does have going for him, which I did say, is that he hits for power. And then that's don't have a lot of guys <laughs> that do that right now. If you're looking at joy, Manessis, Dom Smith, maybe KB Ruiz, and maybe Jamer Candelario. Um, that's not a lot of power in this lineup. It's going to be hard for the nationals to manufacture runs. And if you know, anyone of Candelario Smith, Manessis, knock on wood, God forbid goes down early in the season. You have a guy who's been there, done that. Um, and Matt Adams in the waiting, they can come up and provide first base power bat off the bench, um, designated hitter stuff like that and Davey also mentioned that you know it, it, it is important that he has that veteran voice at Rochester mm-hmm. um Davey of course trusts him from his time with the Nats in 18 and 19 winning a world series ring um you know Davey said yesterday he is like an extension of his of Davy's voice at Rochester so that's a good thing too cuz you know it is all about the development right and you need veteran guys having a positive influence on the young players at Rochester. We've talked a lot about how you know, the, the Nats don't have a lot of upper-level prospects ready, specifically at AAA right now, because um, you got guys like Garcia, Abrams, Gore, would-be Cavalli up here at the major leagues. So it will be helpful to have Matt Adams right there for at least the first couple of seasons. I wouldn't be surprised if there's no room for him on the major league level come mid-May, right. June, that he maybe opts out. And looks for something else but if he has the new love for the game might as well stick around and 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 hope for a second shot sometime early in the season
1: yeah exactly i mean he said if he you know didn't hear from another team he was going to report to triple-a rochester and it's been you know important it'll be important to have his veteran presence there at triple-a but it was important throughout spring training as well i think you know kind of raised some eyebrows when the nationals decided to bring him into spring training um you know especially given that he really did the best he could and, and and still it wasn't good enough to make this team but So much of it is that veteran presence. And with these young players, the young ones that got the invite to spring training to have him around for their development is really important.
0: The Nationals did add some um, infield... Uh, Utility depth, they signed Chad Pinder to a minor league deal. He's a career 242 hitter, uh, 7-11 OPS, um, has got 89 doubles, 62 home runs, and almost 200 RBIs throughout his seven-year career with the Oakland Athletics. Uh, Minor league deal, he'll go straight to AAA Rochester. And at the time of this recording of this podcast, happy birthday, Chad. It's actually his (laughs) birthday today. Um, And he's a Richmond native, so he's a local guy, too. Went to Virginia Polytech. So, Add some depth down there. I mean, he's played outfield, middle infield, third base. Um, He can kind of play all over. the. I would expect him to be kind of maybe, I don't know. I I would assume the Nationals are going to try to stick Jeter Downs at shortstop. Um, And maybe you'll see Pinder play third or second base around him. But a lot of projections have Downs as more of a second baseman. So maybe he slides over to second um, and Pinder kind of moves around. But whatever. I mean, that's just some extra... What extra depth, <laughs> uh, extra extra depth sure. at the uh, AAA level? Yeah, he's, he with was in, experience.
1: Right, was in camp with the Reds. They released him. Um, you know, here on a minor league deal. It's the versatility is what it comes down yeah. to. Again, he could, he's played every position in his seven year career with Oakland, except for Kesher, catcher. Mm-hmm. So to have that kind of guy at AAA, uh, you know, ready to get caught up if somebody gets injured. You know, if he's good enough and, and does well enough in AAA is good. So guys like that, utility guys, super utility guys. Uh, that you can call up to play any position in a pinch or can play any position on that AAA Rochester because having depth there is important as well um, is good for the Nationals. That
0: has been the key this offseason throughout this rebuild, versatility. The more roles you can (laughs) fill, the better chance you have at sticking with this team for right now. Okay, on the pitching side, we know the starting rotation to begin the season. No real surprises here um, other than the, of course, unfortunate news that Kate Cavalli is not going to be pitching this season. You got... Patrick Corbin, the veteran, getting the start on opening day. Josiah Gray will start Game Two on Saturday. Uh, Mackenzie Gore will start Game Three on Sunday, with Trevor Williams following on Monday for the series opener against the Rays. Um, and then Chad Cool will slot in somewhere and as the fifth starter um, once that spot is needed. Because of Friday's off day, technically the Nationals don't need a fifth starter until Tuesday at the earliest. Mm-hmm. If they want to bump Corbin to get him an extra day's rest, he could start on Wednesday. But Corbin would be in line on normal rest to start Tuesday, and then you wouldn't need Cool to come up uh, until Wednesday's afternoon finale against the Rays before the Nats embark on a six-game road trip out West.
1: Yeah, you have to be you know, satisfied with what each of these pitchers did in spring training. Yeah. I mean, kind of a slow start, but that's expected among all starters across the entire league. Um, and But they really showed, you know, signs of really dominance towards the end. You saw it yesterday with Mackenzie Gore, Trevor Williams, um, and it's, you know, really only up. I think you like the this starting rotation this year a whole lot better than you like. You had Corbin and Gray back from, from how they started last year, but Eric Fetty, Johanna Doan, and then Josh Rogers on the opening day rotation last year because Annie Ball, of course, hurt his neck sure. on his way back from spring training. So this rotation, despite the blow of losing Kate Cavalli, looks a lot better than they were last year, and, and it's only up from here.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the pitching should be a lot better this year, especially when you're looking at Gore and Gray. Josiah Gray should... He had a fantastic spring. I mean, he had an ERA, I believe, around mm-hmm. one, if not lower than one. Um, and his spring training starts. Now, take it with a grain of salt, of course. But, like, he just added that cutter. Yep. Different way to get guys out. Showing stuff to different batters. So, I think we'll have a much better year for Josiah Gray. And, like you said, Mackenzie Gore is an upgrade over Eric Fetty, Johanna Doan. Anibal Sanchez, oh, Josh Rogers, um, and then I, I think Trevor Williams also falls into that as the veteran guy. He had a really good spring last night. He was very effective yesterday against the Yankees. I think he's a much better upgrade over a veteran like Anibal Sanchez um, in terms of the back end. Of the day. Chad Cool. Jury's still out. We not don't know right how he's going to be. We haven't seen him start as many games because he, you know, was just told mm-hmm. to get ready for that rotation spot. Um, but I think this rotation overall will be better, and I think it is exciting that Mackenzie Gore's first start comes in that third spot on Sunday afternoon at Nationals Park. I mean, they have a whole homestand that he could have started, as, but he'll make his official debut at home on this afternoon game against the Braves. Yeah, and,
1: and you know, of course, losing Cade Cavalli, yeah. you know, should, it, it's tough. It should upset people. But I think, you know, if you're looking at just this season and the results from this season, I don't think it's as much of a big deal as the, to the results of – 2023 as it is you know to the future nationals i mean chad cool yeah the second highest era behind patrick corbin with the 5.72 with the rockies last season Um, but you don't know what Kate Kabali was going to be able to to do in his rookie season. And I think Chad Kuhl should at least be able to be more durable, 137 innings in 2022. I think that's why the Nationals really liked him so much. Um, and at least he can give you that more durability. He can probably go longer into the season and more than Kate Kabali would have been able to do in his rookie year. Um, so, you know. (laughs) <laughs> it's it, it's definitely a blow but i don't think it's as big of a deal to the results of this particular season as people might think it might be
0: on paper this is a definitely a better rotation entering the season Absolutely. than la- than all of last year right this was one of the worst rotations in all of baseball last season we talked about talked about that a bunch already this uh throughout the course of the offseason um so it can only get better mm-hmm. right and i think williams and cool with gore being healthy um with josiah taking major steps forward i think this is going to be a much better rotation with a much better defense behind it that's going to help too i think so we'll see that improve over the course of the season and then finally the bullpen we've got an eight-man bullpen probably start the season like i said not official we won't know this until thursday morning they again they could keep cool back you know let him get his reps uh down in florida before bringing him up either tuesday or wednesday um, and you could have that ninth or extra benchman ninth reliever extra bench spot uh, for the first couple of games, just in case one of your guys you know, struggles, doesn't get out of the early innings. But if it's an eight-man bullpen, we're looking at, of your, your course, your locks, Kyle Finnegan, Hunter Harvey, Rasmo Ramirez, and Carl Edwards Jr. And then Rule 5 pick, Thaddeus Ward. Minor league signing, Hobie Harris. Mason Thompson, of course, pro, former prospect coming over in the um, uh, Daniel Hudson trade. And then Anthony Banda, your lone lefty. Looks like he is going to make the podcast. Amy, last week, Brendan and I debated <laughs> whether Anthony Banda should make the roster solely based on being a lefty. His numbers aren't fantastic across the board. Looks like that's the case.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, we know the Nationals like to keep at least one lefty in there. There's been a few years where, you know, they're down to just one guy that is a lefty and that's Mm -hmm. their only option. And they do keep him just for that particular reason. Losing Sean Doolittle early in, in spring training, not starting the season, you know, that this would be a completely different situation. Yeah. He gave up seven hits, seven earned run in 11 innings this spring. Anthony Banda did. Not a great performance. It's what they're going to do. It appears that way. They're going because they feel like they need a lefty in there. Whether that's right or wrong, I mean, I, I think you do need at least one lefty in your bullpen, but you kind of just wish he would have done a little bit better this yeah. spring to actually earn that spot.
0: Right, and I, I think the Nationals are banking on sean doolittle being ready soon there was no timetable placed on his return he is with the team in dc he was in the clubhouse on tuesday he's going to be here throughout opening day maybe even the weekend or homestand along with tanner Rainey. but they're both going to fly down back to florida and start ramping up their respective elbow rehabs um and obviously Rainey coming back from tj Mm -hmm. is going to take way longer but doolittle didn't have tj had a much less invasive procedure done on his elbow. So they're hoping maybe he's coming back sooner rather than later and they can just gut it out with Banda for the first month or so of the season. Um, and that's 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 the plan looks like you
1: know spring who knows if those results are going to translate to the regular season he might surprise people and do you know earn a spot and kind of hobie harris who's earning one of these last bullpen spots is the opposite story i mean he surprised people he most definitely earned a spot in this bullpen gave up just three hits and two walks on one earned run over this spring and he only had one hit and one walk going into i think his seventh appearance so it was just those last two times he gave up those last hits and walk so he really surprised people came in on a minor league deal and now he earned a spot in this in this bullpen
0: so that's your roster breakdown ahead of opening day again won't be made official until thursday morning so be on lookout for that and and also let me say that opening day rosters don't matter right it's it can literally change friday or saturday before the second game of the season it's nice it's exciting i guess you know you got guys like cj abrams mackenzie gore um, Alex Call, like they're going to be making their first opening day rosters, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, it's still a game. It counts all the same. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, um, it's going to change constantly. Especially we put with a lot. We
1: talk about it a lot, and we put a lot into it on who makes the opening day roster. And for some positions, it's more important than others. For example, Alex Call getting that, you know, yeah. getting that spot, you know, after. Stone, Stone Garrett was out of the question and, and stuff like that. But outside of that, not that big of a deal. I think it's just, you know, more of those those final guys that gives you something to, like, you know, look for throughout spring training. But yeah. could change very quickly.
0: It, I would imagine it would. Um, it usually does. So keep an eye on for all that stuff. Um, all right, let's get into season predictions. The fun part of the uh, pre-opening day podcast. First and foremost, since we just went through this roster, it's a pretty basic question, Amy. On paper, are the 2023 Nationals better than the 2022 Nationals? <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> I think they're going to win a few more games than really? they did last year. But on paper, I overall, I don't think they're better. Yeah, And I think it just comes down to they started last season with Josh Bell and Juan Soto, yep. and now they don't.
0: That's exactly my point. That's yeah. exactly my point. I, I, I think, I don't know if you... I don't know the best way to say this on an audio platform, but, like, if you're top to bottom, last year's Nationals team was top-heavy with Juan Soto, Josh Bell, um, and Nelson Cruz on the opening day roster, right? I mean, going into the season, we were like, all right, this team's going to score runs. How are they going to stop runs? And that kind of played out over the course of last year. And then, of course, the trades... Um, and Nelson Cruz's injuries and ailments and, and lack of production threw everything off, right? But I think you're looking at the middle part of this roster. I think they're better this year than last year. I think the utility guys, um, veteran placement placeholders that they got.
1: Like Jamie th- Candelario? I and- think
0: you're going to see a lot more production from Candelario, Dom Smith, Corey Dickerson, than they got from Michael Franco, Cesar Hernandez whoever, you know, whoever else had to fill a role last year, you know, during the regular season that didn't add anything right to this roster. So, I think they're not top heavy anymore, but they're maybe more evenly spread out across the roster. That being said, I agree. I don't think you can remove Juan Soto and Josh Bell from a team and then just say they're instantly going to be better on paper.
1: Well, and I I mean, they're probably more evenly spread out, which is arguably a good thing because okay. they have all these young players. They have the C.J. Abrams and Luis Garcia who are supposed to be pieces of their future. They yeah. have Cabra Ruiz to start the season behind the plate. You have Josiah Gray who you know the upside there. You have Mackenzie Gore in your starting rotation. You know, these young guys that are more evenly spread out at the beginning of their careers that are, are still continuing to develop. Um They're just not at the place that, of course, the Josh Bell was or Juan Soto was. I just, yeah, it's impossible to say that this team on paper is better because you lost your star players. Um, I think mostly it's going to come down to, I think, what they get out of the rotation. They're going to have to score runs, and it's going to be difficult when you look at this offense in this lineup on paper, especially for the lack of power in this lineup. But I think it's still going to come down to how well this rotation is able to perform, and that will, you know – in turn affect the bullpen, whether they're able to repeat what they did and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah. We're having like this opposite conversation going into this year that we did last year, right? Because I think we're like you just said, I think last year we were saying, well, they're going to score runs, but they're not going to be able to stop anybody this year. I think they're going to be able to stop people. Rotation should be better. Bullpen was already a strength. Defense is going to be significantly better. I think night and day better. So they're going to be able to hold teams from scoring, but I don't know how they're going to outscore guys. Uh, other teams on, ever, on any given night. I mean, they just don't have that power. They're relying on Joey Manessas doing what he did over two months last year, Dominic Smith, you know, being returning to some kind of productive form that he was with the Mets for like one or two seasons, mm-hmm. Jamie Candelario hitting a bunch of doubles, Caber Ruiz finally tapping into the power he was supposed to have from both sides of the plate. It's just... It's a
1: lot of ifs. It's a lot of ifs. <laughs> so
0: I don't know. I, I, I think they're going to... It's going to be the opposite, right? I think we're going to see low-scoring games... Tight games, which would be exciting, but I don't know how they're gonna score a lot. Like they they're gonna really have to rely on guys like Abrams, Robles, Thomas, Garcia getting on base, and then those other guys I just mentioned driving them in. And until we see them do that on a consistent basis, I'm not confident they can do it just yet. Right. Maybe once you know the weather warms up and we start getting into the actual nitty-gritty of the season, sure. Maybe they can, that can come to fruition. But I um so with that I guess you can be a better team. You know, it's a team sport, right? Like, just because you lose one stone, Joshua doesn't mean you're worse off. Mm-hmm. Overall, they could be a better team. Uh, I just—it's hard to say it right now. I—I—I'm yeah. I, going to say no, but I am willing to leave the door open to be proven wrong.
1: And it's also possible that the majority of this roster will be the same. Three years from now, mm-hmm. and they will still be a better team with the same team. Does that make sense? Because you're, you're I think you're going to see yeah. the growth of Luis Garcia and C.J. Abrams and Cabo Ruiz, those three alone, I think are going to be so much better in two years from now than they are right now. Yeah. Um. Same with your hopeful Josiah Gray comes into himself. Um, you're hoping Mackenzie Gore. And, you know, I think all of these same players could very possibly be a big part of the team two years from now, and this team could be better.
0: Yeah, I think, I agree. And I think that's the reason why I'm not quite ready to say this team is definitely better on paper, right? Like, we have no evidence yet, and that's my point. Like, we're relying a lot on the prospect of these guys developing and becoming better. Haven't seen it yet. So uh, until that, actually, we see actual hard evidence that they're doing that. Can't really say this team is better, but maybe by end of April, mid May, we can say okay, this team yeah. is this team looks a lot better than it did last year. But until we actually see tangible evidence of that, I'm not ready to say that yet because it's so <laughs> it's develop it's depending on so much what ifs.
1: So with that being said, do you think the Nationals win win more or less games than they did in 2022?
0: I am pre- I am predicting them they're going to lose less games in 2020 okay. this year. I I just have a hard now the schedule helps. We talked about that before. Agreed. Not playing the NL East as much, only 13 games for each team versus 19 previous years. That helps. You're going to play other bad teams across the league more often. That's going to help. I just, I just think it's just going to be a tough, I mean, like I, I don't know. I, I, I was very optimistic going into last year. Didn't work out so well. Also did not see a trade of Josh Bell and Juan Soto coming, but, or maybe not, maybe not, maybe Josh, maybe not, definitely not Juan. So I, yeah, I, I just see on paper you lose two guys like that. So we many what ifs. You, I mean, I, I have them I think finishing two or one game worse. Okay. Lo- uh, winning only fifty four or fifty three games and losing one oh eight or one oh nine. Not one ten. They're not gonna reach one ten. But I they lost hundred and seven last year. I think they're still leaving. I still think they lose over hundred games this year.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think they'll lose over hundred games. I think they'll it'll be I think they'll win more games by like maybe three like 58 and one Oh four yeah, somewhere right around there. I think you're going to see slight signs of improvement in the win loss record. Um, but not by a lot because I think it's impossible when you had Juan Soto, you had Josh Bell for half the season, all the wins you get on that in that first half of the season. Um, some of those wins a direct effect of them, you're not going to get that same.
0: So looking back at last year, the Nationals in one-run one-run games were 17-22. and 22. So that means they lost 22 games in one-run games. And then they lost 39 games via blowout, which according to Baseball Reference uh, equates to five or more runs. They only won 19. I think you'll see those margins close, mm-hmm. but I still think the general percentage is going to kind of stay.
1: Yeah, and that's, I mean it's going to be annoying, I think, for fans to lose more games but, you know, have to look at those little, you know, whatever stats. But it's a sign of improvement. I yeah. mean, if you're getting blown out in less games and you're you're losing within one run or, you know, a closer margin, that's good to see, and that's a sign of improvement. And yeah. it's going to be a constant... You know, effect of having to look at those little things to sh- see how the Nationals have improved.
0: I guess what I just said is a mathematical impossibility because I said they're going to; those margins are going to improve, but they'll still be the same. That can't happen if they win more games. Um, I think you'll see them improve, definitely in the one-run games, because once they get a lead, and we're counting kind of on this bullpen and this pitching to be better, I think they can hold on to it. It's right. the fact. Getting a lead. Right. And I still think they're going to get blown out a bunch because mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to manufacture and runs. You, and every once in a while, you're going to have a start to have a rough day and, and give and a bunch of home you runs.
1: Know, I, I know you're, you're still playing the in least less, but you're still yeah. playing the, the, the lineup and the Braves, the Phillies, and the Mets more than you are anybody else. And you look at those lineups, I think you know they're going to put up a lot of runs on you, especially sure. if your rotation doesn't improve. So, All
0: right. So I, I even think – like I still think they lose 100 games, but – if you only lose a hundred or hundred and one, that's a major mm-hmm. improvement from last year, right? And you'll take that. Right. Uh, I think you need to see signs of improvement, and that will definitely be one. Um, okay, let's get into more specific predictions then. Um, which national or nationals mm-hmm. will be selected for the All Star game this year? Can we play All Star games in Seattle this year?
1: Okay, um, I'll
0: double check that while you look.
1: So originally, I I wanted to say Ruiz. <laughs> oh, I was going to say yep, it's in Um and then, I don't know, I'm changing it, and I'm going to say Joey Manessis. Okay. will be the only national select for the okay. All-Star game.
0: I will admit that it came down to those two for me as well. I just, It's hard to pick a reliever or a pitcher. I just think you see pitchers get selected from winning teams. It's right. not going to be a winning team. Every team has to have one, right? So I think they're going to take, you know, a one of these guys as to be a backup. And I think most likely it's going to be a Kaber Ruiz as a backup catcher or uh, also injuries help not help. They're not good things, but you know what I mean? Um, And, or Joey Menezes as like a DH first baseman type. I went with only Kaber Ruiz, but I agree. I had Joey Menezes kind of second being like, if they just need to bring somebody and it's going to be a bat, it's going to be Joey.
1: Yeah.
0: Anything for the story. Um, But I think Kaber got his pay, got paid, got his money. He showed flashes last year. He's worked really hard the off season. There were signs of improvement in spring training. I think K Bear's primed for a pretty big breakout season individually, and I think he'll get us. He'll be the lone representative. I don't think he'll play in the game, right? But I think he'll 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 get the nod.
1: Yeah, I I, I can see that. Yeah, he got his contract extension. He's bound to be better. I, I can see that. Yeah. So mine's Kay we'll
0: Yours is Joey. Joey I think okay. we both kind of think that it's going to be one of those yeah. two guys. Okay. Uh, barring any injuries. Um, okay. Uh, also, if you're watching along live, please comment along with your own predictions. Uh, and be sure to check out Mark Zuckerman's rundown of this I, we're, I'm taking a couple of pieces from his but he, of course he does that yearly annual uh, media season predictions uh, some of these are will be featured on there I left a lot of them out so to see the, all the media predictions check out Mark's article the morning of opening day on massinsports.com who will lead the Nats in home runs and how many?
1: I'm also going with Joe Manessis on this and I'm going to see at 13 last year in mm-hmm.
0: his is that right? yeah I, I believe I that so up?
1: Um, in his short time, I'm going 21. Joey Manessis will lead the team with 21 home runs.
0: 13 home runs in 56 games last year. You went with 21? Uh-huh. I went with an even 20. Okay. Uh, baseball reference has him projected over – doesn't. they don't do games, but um, over two, 328 plate appearances, they have him projected for another 13 home runs. I don't see that happening. I think he's going to luck himself into a couple – He's really good at hitting off speed. I think he's gonna see a lot of fastballs, which we talked about, I think is gonna help right. because it's easier to adjust to the fastball than the than the exactly. off speed stuff. So I think he's gonna just by pure strength and luck, he's gonna power his way into mm-hmm. a couple more. Mark Zuckerman posed this question to some of the writers out in spring training. Can you guarantee any national hits fifteen home runs or more? And it's a tough question. Who,
1: uh Lane Thomas hit
0: Nineteen last year, yes. I believe,
1: and led the team with or
0: seventeen actually
1: returning players. And
0: yeah, um, I think. But you think about that too. He was aided by a three homer game in uh, in Cincinnati. He hit three, right? It was it four? I think it was only three. I There's was there. Three. I should know this. It was three. <laughs> so you take that away, and he's at an even yeah. fifteen or fourteen. Even so, you know, just you
1: certainly can't guarantee it, <laughs>
0: right? But I'm going to say someone's got to get to 20 yeah. this year. Someone has to. Yeah. Again, just by sheer luck and will. Like, injuries will harm you. You know, Juan Soto got there last year. I think one of these guys has to. And in this day and age in baseball, if you don't have a 20-homer hitter,
1: you're not what are win- you doing? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you You're not going to win games. Uh, I think it's going to be Joey as well, but I think it's, he's going to be an even 20 okay. by season's end.
1: Okay. Uh, what's uh, What will Joey Vanessa's OPS be? This one's harder
0: special? to determine. He finished last year with nine thirty and fifty six games. I think that is out. He's just not going to be able to no repeat way. that. Yeah, if no he way. does, we're we we're, we're we're doing re-sign Joey Manessas Pods. Mm-hmm. We're doing all of the you know sign lock him up forever. Build the statue. If he does that again, um, Baseball Reference hasn't projected to hit eight sixteen. I think that was too low. So for Joey, OPS in twenty twenty three, I'm gonna say eight twenty
1: five. Oh, okay, you went higher than me. I'm going. So-
0: 780. 780 doesn't yeah. even get to 800. <sighs> See, I think if he gets to the, to 20,
1: 20 homers us, it's kind your of, OPS is yeah, going to exactly, be around 800, 800. Any, anyways. And yeah, that's fair. I am going to go, yeah, I'll go s- I think 780. Um, it's impossible to to duplicate his 930 yeah. last year. It's it's impossible to stretch that over an entire season. I'm going to go, yeah. Unless you're Juan Soto. <laughs> yeah, unless you're Juan Soto. So, 780 right below 800. But, yeah, that's a good point. If I think he's going to hit 21 home runs, yeah. it's probably going to be at least right around 800. Right around
0: right, 800, which is, like, respectable, right? Like, I mean, he's not going to hit over 900 OPS this season over the course of 162 games or however many right. he plays. So, I think he'll be in the low 800. So, I think, what I say? 825? hmm 825 OPS for Joey Manessis. Um Okay, C.J. Abrams. Not OPS, not home runs, but batting average. average. I think it's going to be tricky because we're not quite sure where he's going to hit in the lineup. I think he's going to start off the season in the lower half of the lineup. And ideally, he works his way up and hits near the top of the lineup by midseason, season's end. Right. So it's kind of tricky to predict his full batting average. But we're hoping to see high on base percentage, high average. From C.J. Abrams. He showed it last year. Remember over September, sorry, September 3rd, he had like the highest average amongst rookies in all of baseball. Uh, I think he was hitting well over 300 over the last month of the season. So he has that potential. I don't think he can expand that over a full season. But what do you think his ad- average is going to end up I'm
1: going to say 280.
0: 280, yeah.
1: okay. I think he's going to improve. Um, I But I think we have to be realistic with how quickly and over the course of an entire season he's able to improve. Sure. He's young. He's working things out, but I still think he'll be yeah a two eighty hitter.
0: I'm just below you. I'm at two seventy three. Okay, I think that's a respectable average for yeah. a young shortstop. You know, you'll have stretches where he's like getting on base every single game, multiple hits, and then you'll have stretches of where it's going to be a lot of strikeouts, mm-hmm. soft contact, stuff like that, um, which is fine, right? Everybody, I think we're more focused on how his defense looks and just can you throw. Together, a couple of nice hitting streaks along the way, and show that okay, that potential is still there. We don't need to see power from CJ. We need to see him on base, stealing bases, scoring right. runs. Exactly. Um, so I think a two seventy three average is a good BA for him Absolutely. Uh, for the over the course of the season. All right, this one is kind of going off script from the major league roster. This one was a tough. One. I think I had one of the hardest times uh, picking this one. When will Robert Hassel the Third make his, his Nationals, Nationals debut? debut?
1: Um, I don't think we're gonna see him this year. Okay. I don't think we're gonna see uh, him this that year. That
0: was I was considering doing that too.
1: Yeah. I think he'll make the opening day roster next year. Okay. Is my prediction.
0: So what, like March thirtieth, twenty twenty four?
1: We haven't seen we haven't seen him in AAA yet. Mm-hmm. His breaking his hand, set him back a little bit, had to have surgery, or we would have seen him, you know, be an invite to spring training this year um i don't think we're gonna see him this year
0: march twenty eighth twenty twenty four opening days when yeah. you will see him okay i i that was why i had a huge problem with it not problem but uh well yeah i had, personally had a yeah. problem with it that it was just a hard thing to predict because i i question whether or not we'll see him this year too now if any one of these guys makes it i think it's gonna be him mm-hmm. i think even if James wood has a breakout minor league season yeah. or elijah no. green like i yeah. Even if James Wood somehow makes a triple-A this year, I don't think they break him up at any point this year. There's no reason to do that. Um, even though he and Elijah both played in the, the exhibition game against the Yankees on Tuesday. I'm going to say Robert does make an appearance this year. I think it's going to be September 5th when the rosters expand. It's going to be at home against the Mets. Um <laughs> It's gonna be. I don't know if you saw his setting tweet, a
1: stage. It's saw a... his
0: tweet about Max Scherzer, but yeah, setting a stage <laughs> <laughs> against Max Scherzer. I think that will be just hilarious. Um, no, but I, 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 he's the only one I think that they will actually consider bringing up amongst their like top ten prospects. Right. You know, um, and I think it's gonna be late. It has to be late in the season. He has to have a really good year. I, I think even if he shows he can, he's performing well at Double A. He can make that jump from Double A to the major leagues for a couple of games. I think. Of course injuries will play a factor if you know if they run out of outfielders or if you know guys like Victor Robles is, isn't performing enough, they'll bring him up to be a backup for some reason. But well, that's not true because they want him playing every single day. But I think Robert, it I'm hesitant to say I'm like 50 49 51 49 leaning okay. toward he makes his uh, debut this year, but I do think Robert makes it in September. The hard date is, is hard, but I, I yeah. If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be him.
1: Yeah, but he's definitely. I agree. Next on the list of prospect call ups, he's the only one that has reached double A out of the the names you listed. James Wood might be higher on prospect list than him, but there's no way that he makes his debut before him. He's the closest. I just think, given you know, I think he'll make the jump quickly to Triple A this year. Mm. Um, you know, and unless he might just go absolutely crazy and and be able to make that jump, I just don't think that we're going to see him this year.
0: Yeah. yeah, It would be exciting. It would be I, exciting. I, it is you know, going
1: to be exciting no matter when he debuts.
0: Yeah. I, and I think we've seen, which, which I think we both agree with, the Nationals aren't going to rush one of these guys just for the sake of showing them to the public. Exactly. You know, they're not going to put on a showcase at Nationals Park just to say, hey, come look at our prospects. Like, right. they could have done that with Kate Cavalli all of last year, and they chose not to. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's going to be – that's what they're, how they're going to treat it with all these guys. So I will be surprised if we see Robert Hassel this year, but if we do, it's going to be in September. Right. Um, all right, back to the Major League staff in terms of pitching. Who will lead the pitching staff in wins and how many? You remember, I think Josiah Gray ended up leading the staff in wins last year at a whopping seven.
1: Ooh, baby. Um, I'm going Mackenzie Gore. Okay. And I'm going to say he leads this pitching staff with 10 wins. Okay. So – that will be an improvement definitely <laughs> from last season, and I think it's Mackenzie Gore is going to really lead the way among these Nationals pitchers. We
0: have such issues with this uh, pitcher win loss record stat, Oops. right? Like it's so you know dependent on all so many factors, not exactly the pitcher. So my thing with this was, I don't know how many times a National starter. I like I said, they're going to be better, but I don't know how many times a National starter is going to exit the game with a lead, right? or tie game, and then the bottom of the inning, the Nationals take yeah, the lead. Yeah, be in
1: the position to get the right. decision.
0: So it's it's still going to be a starter. It's not going to be a lot. I, I want to say someone gets to 10 just by sheer luck again. <laughs> so I, I say 10 too, but I say Josiah Gray. Okay. I think I really like what I saw from Josiah uh, this spring. I think he's setting himself up for a fantastic year, um, much improved from last year, uh, especially with that cutter. Uh, he showed flashes last year, had a couple of dominant stars, but just couldn't throughout, do it throughout the course of the season. He's used to a major league workload now, um, and I think he'll have a strong year. Ten wins for him, but again, keeping in mind, uh, that's it's so many different factors that are out of his control. You know, was, I, I, I'm afraid what we're going to see from Mackenzie Gore is really great stuff, but a losing record. And not due to him, like he'll. I'm afraid we'll get in the midseason. And he'll be like, you know, shoving six, seven innings, giving up one run, but the, but just getting no run
1: support. Right, and that's very possible. It's very possible, and with that's not against him, pitchers, right? Like that's Yeah, that's why him? you know, not a whole lot goes into the win loss record of pitchers, yeah. right? Um, but and I agree with you that I think Josiah Gray. I think he's really going to have a breakout season compared to last year. I think you're going to see so much improvement because he made so many strides in his, his mechanics, um, add, adding a pitch to his arsenal. Um, but I, I'm still going to stick with Mackenzie Gore at 10 wins. I think one pitcher out of this rotation is going to be able to get to 10. I think it's going to be him.
0: Yeah, yeah. man. hopefully a couple of them do. That would be, yeah. be a great sign as well. All right, to the bullpen then. Uh, who will lead the staff in saves? How mm-hmm. many?
1: I'm gonna go Kyle Finnegan. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say 18 saves. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think
0: Tanner Rainey ended up finishing with 12 last year. That yeah. led the Nationals. Finnegan, after T- and Tanner got hurt and took over the closing role, got up to 11. Mm-hmm. I'm sticking around that area. I think someone will get more. My bet is gonna be Hunter Harvey Ooh. at 13. Saves. Okay. Again, not too many save opportunities. Uh, maybe there'll be more save opportunities because I think they'll there'll play closer, closer games. games yeah. yeah, but um, the, the, I'm just not counting on the Nationals winning too many games this year, so less opportunities. Yeah. and I think Harvey will eventually become the Nationals' closer with Tanner Rainey still out, and Finnegan will slide back more into a setup role, and you'll see Carl Edward Jr. like taking like the setup role of the seventh or something like yeah. that. Yeah,
1: I think that's possible. Um, but you're also banging on then Hunter Harvey to stay healthy, which 100%. he has never Huge been able to there. do. Yeah. And then on top of staying healthy, you'd be doing well enough to take over that closer yeah. role. Um, I, I don't know if I necessarily see that happening. I think Kyle Finnegan and Tanner Rainey, we don't know when he's going to be late in the season. Yeah. Like, you know, we're not even mid-season, probably late season coming back. So I I think Kyle Finnegan's going to be able to – Handle that role for the entire season, which is why I think over the course of the season he can get to (laughs) eighteen.
0: Yeah, I mean, eighteen saves. I'm shooting for the stars. That would be great. Um, And you know, I didn't really count Sean Doolittle. I think do when he gets back, he'll be more of a setup role as well. And I think with Tanner Rainey out, I think Hunter Harvey has the best stuff in that bullpen. So he'll it plays better as a closer than anyone else. Not that nothing against Finnegan or Edwards or Doolittle, but it's just. He has right now the best stuff in that bullpen if he's healthy. Agreed. That's, that's I think that's, that's, that's the what big asterisk right there, Hunter
1: Harvey. He yeah. definitely has the potential to be in that role. Um, it's just a matter of staying healthy. All
0: right, these I are the fun ones that Mark likes to throw in because these are going to be gut wrenching for a lot of Nationals fans. Who will hit the most homers against the Nationals? How many? Keeping in mind that the Nationals' rotation and I think whole pitching staff led the majors last year in home runs allowed.
1: Um. Specific player.
0: Well, one specific player.
1: Okay. I'm going to say Trey Turner.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Kyle Schwarber. So, so it's sure like, right. I, should, I don't say It's going to be a former national. You know yeah. it's good. Last year, I think it was Schwarber. Uh, I think last year I picked Bryce Harper and it was Schwarber. Sure. I'm going Schwarber again because no Harper to start the season for the Phillies. I think Trey is going to be an all-star MVP candidate for them. But I think just, there's going to be so many more Schwarber bombs against the Nationals yeah. than Trey Turner, four-bag, four-baggers. Oh. Either way, it's going to pick it's two gonna be a former national, right? It has, has to be. be. <laughs> it has to be a former national. So many of them just all in the National League East. Um, um, and even though with a different schedule, they still play 13 games against okay, them. So true. it's likely to be uh, someone within East. the division.
1: How many home runs do you think Kyle Schwarber's going to hit against them? So
0: because it's less games, I'm kind of like trying to like shrink down the season um, from 19 to 13. I have Schwarber hitting seven against the Nationals. Okay. I believe he hit 10 last year in the 19 games.
1: Against I the had team. Trey Hitting six, so.
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh, boy. (laughs) I I, I have a really strong feeling that one of us is going to be right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right, then. Next one, same kind of topic. Who will total the most strikeouts against the Nationals and how many? One individual player and Um, one.
1: I'm going to go Justin Verlander. Okay, I'm going Max Scherzer. Okay. Well, there we go. It's
0: the former National. I think it... Was Max again last year? Not as many as you would think, but I think it was Max last year. Okay. But I got Max striking out 15. Okay. Uh, assuming again shorter season, but assuming he makes three starts against the Nationals, I think he get like I think got like 13 or 14 okay. last year. The Nationals did actually pretty well, not striking out against him. Mm-hmm. They just didn't score off him. Uh, I think Max still gets up to like 15 strikeouts.
1: I'm gonna say 20 for Justin <laughs> Verlander. Um, Definitely in the realm of possibility. 100%. <laughs> Especially him, if it's going to be anybody. Um, we're not too confident about that. Met's Matt, pitching staff against the Nationals right now. <laughs> nope. <laughs> or yep. vice versa. Right. Not too confident about the Nationals yeah. lineup I mean, against that pitching staff. Just so many
0: former Nationals and former e- Cy Youngs in the National League East. Uh, all right. Speaking of which, how will the National League East finish top to bottom?
1: I'm going. And, and,
0: and, your, and do any make the wild card? I'll add that, too.
1: And I think I changed this, because I think I had the Phillies winning the division when I st- we talked about it, like, a couple podcasts about about, about the whole division. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go Mets, Phillies, Braves, Marlins, Nationals.
0: Uh, I'm close. I am Mets, Braves, Phillies, Marlins, Nationals. So you and I have the Braves f- and Phillies flip-flopped. Um, I have the Braves finishing second. Yeah. I think after, Alaska, again, like I always say, you're the champ until someone knocks you off. Atlanta's going for, like, what, their sixth straight, yeah. seventh straight National League's crown. I think... The way the Mets kind of let it go last year, especially like one of those last series of the season in Atlanta, I think they're coming back with Verlander, with a full yeah. roster. I mean, that's it's a super team, and I think they're looking for that crown. I think they're going to be really motivated to win the division. So I think the Mets finally take over the Braves, but the Braves still make the playoffs.
1: I think Mets, Braves – and Phillies are all going to make the playoffs.
0: I think the Phillies just miss out. Okay. And I think it's because they're going to miss Bryce Harper for, and now Reese Hoskins. Right. For the first portion of the season, until Bryce gets back in that lineup as a designated hitter, I just, I think they're still going to be very good. Of course, their
1: additions. And
0: we underestimated them last year, made a World Series run, um, but I, I don't know. Trey Turner is obviously a huge help. I think they're going to be missing Bryce and Hoskins early on. And then they'll have a lot of catching up to do. And once, well, I think they'll and miss
1: it out. And Bryce doesn't come back to, like July.
0: They or? haven't even. I don't know. They've been super. Like yeah. they they said they're not even going to put them on a sixty day IL to start the season just in case. And yeah.
1: But the Trey Turner huge addition yeah. additions to their bullpen are huge. I I I still think they're gonna sneak into the playoffs. Okay. Uh,
0: all right. Then what's your, what's your uh, just real quick before we get out of here? What's your National League playoff picture looking like?
1: I think. Oh.
0: I'm, I'm going to go Mets win the East, Cardinals win the Central. Okay, yeah. I'm going to say the, the Padres, Padres win the West, and then your three wild cards are going to be, in no particular order, Braves, Dodgers. Mm. I don't think the Giants said enough either this offseason to, to kind of give. Well, Phillies will be an easy answer, but I'm. I'm
1: it, and it I felt all along like the Giants were going to. Right, and with Correa. Nothing. Mm-hmm. They wanted to. I felt like they wanted to pay somebody so badly, and it just never really happened. So I, I don't think that they did enough to make the playoffs. And I sure. think the
0: Brewers are always so close. They're always in it, right? But yeah. like sometimes they fall off. Sometimes they sneak in. Yeah. I'll go Giants just because I got cousins in San Francisco that are big Giants Ooh, okay. fans. So I'm gonna say that they they bounce back and get into the playoffs.
1: Okay. No Dodgers.
0: No Dodgers in there. Oh, Do- okay, okay. So three from the West. west and then, and then the Braves.
1: Okay. Okay. I, I could see that. I agree with you. I think Cardinals in the Central. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to agree with you.
0: Okay.
1: I'm going to go the same as you. I just think how... But
0: you had the Phillies in there too.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I think the So Phillies, the Phillies instead of Giants? I think the Phillies instead of the Giants. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That makes I don't sense. think, I just don't think the Giants did enough to, to yeah. sneak in there. And I
0: don't think the the Brewers are. And I don't think the, the, I agree. Brewers yeah. will be close. Actually, you know what? The Cubs might be back and kind of close. Yeah, but I think not there yet. Right. Um, the
1: Central might be a better, you know, competition. I think it will be. Kind of making it out to be. The course. Reds and
0: Pirates are still. The bottom feeders. But I think the Cubs and Brewers can still make it interesting. Um, And then in the American League, I'm going to have, obviously, Houston winning the West, Cleveland in the Central. I'm still sticking with the Yankees in the East. And I'll go Toronto. I'm going to go Toronto, Chicago, Seattle making the playoffs. So two teams from each division.
1: I think there's going to be...
0: I think Tampa Bay. The
1: AL East is it's so hard to tell. I, know. I think we're going to see three teams out of the East. Really? Yeah. Which I ones? I think we are. I think it's going to be Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays.
0: Okay. I think the Rays just miss out. Yeah. I think Baltimore is going to be so close. It's going to be exciting in Baltimore to watch baseball I agree. again.
1: Yeah, I think they're just going to miss. But just going to miss.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and then Boston, I think, is going to also just miss too. I think Seattle, after finally breaking their drought, is going to be motivated to get back.
1: Three teams out of the East last year?
0: Yes. yes. No, yep, yep. Yeah. The same teams that you just mentioned. Yep. Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays. I think it's... Um, and then Cleveland, Houston, and Seattle. I've got Yankees, Blue Jays, Guardians, White Sox, Astros, Guard- Mariners yep. this year. Yep. And then I am saying we're going to have a Padres, Astros... No. Ooh. Yeah. I want to pick the Yankees. They have so many injuries to the rotation right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Padres, Astros, World Series... I'm going to say Dusty wins back-to-back World Series.
1: Ooh, I'm going to go y- – I <sighs> hate doing this. I'm going to go y- – I'm going to say we're going to get a Yankees-Mets World Series.
0: Another Subway Series. Yeah. That would be super I think crazy. It, I
1: almost want to say Yankees-Phillies. I'm so high on the Phillies right yeah, now. Yeah. Um little 2009 matchup rematch. Yeah. But I'm going to go New York all the way.
0: I've got a cousin and a brother and sister-in-law that live in New York. If that happens, oh. I'm going to New York New York for will the World it'll burn down 100%. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah that, That'll I, be the end of New York. Yeah.
0: That'll be <laughs> super exciting. Those two rosters, you got – look at all the storylines right there. Absolute, Scherzer and yeah. uh, Verlander versus Cole. Yeah.
1: Absolute star power. I mean – Aaron Judge. Aaron yeah.
0: Judge versus Alonzo and Lindor.
1: Right. Oh, my gosh. It'd be crazy. That'd be crazy.
0: All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in to our final preseason podcast. Uh, if you watched along, hopefully you comment with some of your comments and predictions throughout the course of the show. Subscribe to the Mass Access podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud and Stitcher. We'll, be, of course, be here throughout the course of the season. Multiple platforms, so be locked in to the Mass and All Access podcast. At Amy Jennings News. For Amy on Twitter, I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco, providing your coverage throughout the course of the regular season. Big thanks to Matt Bonaparte for his help beyond the scenes producing this show. We'll be back next week with some regular season games under our belt. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you there.